this week we're talking with Marcus Whitman, aka that franchise guy on YouTube. He's a great NFL content creator. Um, before we hop into the conversation, how you doing, Figgy? Man, I'm doing great. You know what I mean? His video is so in depth. I feel like I learned so much. And even after talking to him, I feel like I'm like an NFL guru right now. So I'm excited Absolutely. to share this. And like I said, we're we're excited. So we're just gonna go ahead and hop right in and we'll talk to you guys after. Right, we have Marcus Whitman, aka the franchise guy. He's an NFL content creator. Uh he's uh been doing this for quite some time. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and get into it here in a second, but he just created a great video uh that kind of went over the bears. I uh, went from the coaches all the way to the entire roster. And we're going to go ahead and leave the link to the video in the description. Uh, before we hop into it and break it down, Marcus, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. The Bears are definitely one of the more interesting teams this year. So it's it's good to be here. Excited to talk some ball. Awesome. Awesome. It's exciting time for the Bears, obviously. Um, first of all, before we drop it or hop into like the, the video and just break it down, can you just go ahead and tell us how you got started in this uh, kind of this field and YouTube in itself? Yeah, absolutely. So um, initially, I, out of college, you know, decided I want to work in sports. That sounds pretty good. Uh, and uh, originally was kind of in the sports business side, decided, hey, if I'm going to get a job in sports business, you actually don't get to watch the games and you get paid like crap. So let's see if I can get a job that's actually, you know, talking sports, breaking down the game. So I kind of threw some Three, I kind of you know threw three flyers out there. Number one was uh, apply to work for Pro Football Focus. Um, got that. Did some analytics work for them. Started the YouTube channel, which was originally a Madden channel, and then uh, also uh, I, I knew a uh, local agent in Minnesota, so I uh, did a little you know free work for him. But uh, yeah, basically the the YouTube stuff started going well. Talking about Madden, and I was making my own custom rosters there, where I was changing the the ratings and then making these videos, you know, talking about what I saw on film and why I'm changing it. And turns out that actually applies to real football really well. So uh, that just kind of grew naturally. Uh, a couple of years ago, I ditched all the Madden stuff on my main channel. And uh, now it's just full, full on football analysis. And uh, like you said, I've, I've been doing this deep dive series for, um, I believe this would be my fifth year where I go oh. all 32 teams, get their own episode uh, the first episodes or the the first year they were like 20 minutes long. Now, as you guys saw, uh, I think the the Bears one. Once you include the guest interview with with uh, EJ, it was like uh, over two hours, I think, uh, or maybe yeah, it's just under that hour and 55. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> there awesome. you go. <laughs> yeah. So um, first of all, Madden. Do you kind of are you glad you made the switch? Do you enjoy? Oh it yeah. More? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was definitely the right career move i know a lot of people missed like the rebuilds and all that stuff but uh, i do i do still do it a little bit on the side you know when i have time for it i'll stream on twitch and uh i have another series there is still one piece on my channel that uh still ties to matt and it's it's uh it's called studs and duds where i do it uh it's like a monthly player review series where i it's 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 almost like the the sequel to the to the deep dives a little bit where we're, we're going through the roster and you know what players are playing well what players are, are playing poorly and i do still have a roster that i edit uh that just kind of helps keep track of everything so there is still a little bit of madden in there for for one thing on the channel um but yeah overall it's um that game is uh doesn't have the best reputation as, uh, <laughs> yeah, as a good, uh, nice to, to this it. day yeah to this day yeah, yeah. i still yeah, enjoy so playing it 
Um, it's just a fun little outlet, but I can only do it for so long. You know, I think we all probably feel that way, but to hop into kind of the breakdown, first of all, I've, I've watched it. Ficky's watched it. It's, it's great. We talk bears every week and I still feel like I learned something. So, uh, and that's, that's a testament to you. And even EJ Snyder was on the uh, show as well. That interview again, it's just a great video, but I want to start with obviously the, one of the biggest talking points of the video is Justin Fields. He's like the X factor. Um, you had the bears, I believe 27th. They're the 27th ranked team from your mm-hmm. rankings. Um, and then the quarterback situation is it's it's interesting. He was, I think, the 24th ranked quarterback on your list. So can you yep. just go ahead and give us a reason as to what one, why the Bears are, I would say it's pretty low. Uh, or yeah, low. Um, and then the quarterback as well. 24th. He wasn't the best passer. You kind of talked about it, but just give us a breakdown mm-hmm. both the team and fields and why you came to that ranking. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing is obviously going to be that the defense drags them down quite a bit. I mean, especially on the defensive line, I it's the Cardinals are kind of in their own territory as far as they're kind of where the Bears were last year, where it's like we're just tearing this thing to shreds. We don't even have like, you know, starting caliber players on this D line. But then you have the Bears, I think, are kind of still going to have to <laughs> going to have to figure a lot of stuff out with that D line. And it's so important to be able to get that pass rush, to get push against the run. And no one's going to get off the bus and be afraid to play the Chicago Bears. It's it's just kind of the tough reality of where they're at at the line of scrimmage. Now, you hope the offensive line can take some of those steps and you can put the fear of God into the defense a little bit. But um, that definitely drags them down. And then the other thing is, like, with this series, it's I'm doing my best. It's, you know, I'm not just doing the Bears. I'm doing all 32 teams. So I, I will – when I'm optimistic about, about a guy and, and I st- I'm still optimistic about Justin Fields and, and the growth he can make, but um, I'm not going to project guys at their ceiling. Right. So like I'm, I'm trying not to give too much benefit of the doubt to any one team. And the bears just are one of those teams that do have a lot of question marks. So even when you look at the offense, you know, you do, you just still need to see the offensive line coming together. I think the receiver situation, that will not be a problem. I feel very good about what they have in that room. I think I ranked them um, 12th, I think, right? 12th, which yeah. is, yeah. I mean, the NFL is loaded with with weaponry right now. So that's very we'll good. 12. Yeah. yeah we'll take um, that. I wish. Yeah. Um, that was a great and ranking. Then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Getting DJ Moore was like best thing huge. pretty much any team did this offseason. So, uh, and the, but yeah, Justin Fields, uh, this is a good transition. Like he, obviously showed flashes there's obvious excitement the highlight reel is insane uh some of the moments he took over games and and no one would sit here and deny the physical upside that he brings i said several times in that video he could be a top 10 quarterback someday but i also felt like it was fair to point out a lot of the struggles he had in the passing game as well yeah where you you look at him he had out of out of 36 quarterbacks uh, that took at least there was so there's 36 quarterbacks in the NFL that took at least 200 dropbacks in the passing game last year. Justin Fields was 36th in passing yards per dropback. That's not too and, good. And then you'll say, okay, well, yeah, but he scrambles too. And that's that's totally fair. And and part of that 24th ranking, you know, we're not ranking him 36, we're ranking him 34th. Part of that is, yeah, he does scramble. He does create stuff with his feet, and that's excellent. But Another thing I showed was, so there was, there was 16 quarterbacks that started 15 games or more last year. Justin Field was dead last by far in terms of passing yards. Next up was Davis Mills, about 900 yards ahead of him. Uh, so Fields, I think, was at, I, I got it right here. The Fields had, um, we'll round up in intervals of 50. So Fields was at 2250, 
passing yards, which is really low. <laughs> Davis Mills, 3,100. So about 900 yards more than Fields was 15th out of those 16 quarterbacks. And then the next up was Russell Wilson, who had a historically down year last year, but that was all the way up at uh, uh, 3,550 yards. So that's a gap of 1,300 passing yards from 16 out of 16 to 14 out of 16. And that's more than the amount of rushing yards that Justin Fields had, right? Right. Um, and that's not including designed runs. I don't actually know what the split is on how many yards he had scrambled versus designed runs. It's probably about 700, which would yeah. still put him at the least yards of passing in, in that group. So th the point here is that, you know, it's great to see those runs, but it has the same effect of standing in the pocket, waiting for the receiver to develop that deep route, hit him in stride, complete a 50-yard bomb. That There just isn't enough of the playing and structure and the passing there. Now, obviously, the hope is you give him DJ Moore, you improve the offensive line, <laughs> another year in the system, and those growths start to come. And that's where the top 10 potential comes in, right? So you can look at uh, young Josh Allen, a, a young Lamar Jackson, a young Jalen Hurts, they would have had similar stats to what I just told you about um, Justin Fields. And there's other things that I, I show, I break down in the video, like uh, time to throw and turnover worthy play percentage. There's, there's a, a wide variety of concerns there. But if you look at some of those other young quarterbacks that turned into now top 10 guys, that's the type of growth we need to see from Justin Fields. But and for Marcus, every one of those guys, there's, you know, a Zach Wilson, a Sam Darnold, a guy that didn't, exactly. a Mitch Trubisky that right. didn't take those steps. So it's, it just, it has to happen. Right. And do you think this year, cause I, my opinion is basically polls came in and said, Hey, look, I'm going to give you as much like as good as a foundation. So there are no more excuses. So if you don't play well, like we can be certain that it's you and not because of X, Y, and Z, right? So do you feel that after this year, you will know like Fields is either someone who's in that could be that top 10 guy, or is this someone who's getting replaced next year by like Drake May or Caleb Williams? Yeah, I think they did set themselves up quite well, uh, quite well for this to be the make or break year for Fields because all those quarterbacks that we just talked about making that big leap, those signs were there in year three and they were there right away. Like Lamar was year two. Allen was was year three, definitely started to show it. And Jalen Hurts last year was year three. So that's kind of if that's your benchmark, you want to see it by now. And they've given them no excuses at this point. I think you feel good pretty much across the board, play calling, O-line, receivers. Uh, you put it in, in Fields' court, and then if he's not better, they're going to stink again because we talked about the defense, and you will be in a, a good position um, either with your own pick or with the extra Panthers pick to uh, put yourself in a position to you know, get, get the right guys. So, yeah, totally. I, um, one thing you touched on with Justin Fields because you said that he plays a lot of hero ball. And mm -hmm. absolutely last year, you know, with the weapons, he, he kind of had to. So my question for you is, do you want him to kind of tone it down altogether? Or do you like the fact that he's going to try and kind of play that hero? Um, where is there like a happy medium or how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think with any of these great quarterbacks, it's about finding that balance. And the biggest difference is uh, knowing knowing when the structure is there and for all of the truth in the fact that they had O-line problems, there was a lot of plays where the receivers were bottled up and he had to play hero ball in those situations. It wasn't every play, right? There's plenty of examples on film where, okay, actually 
the structure's there. You got a very clean pocket. You have, you know, even if that receiver is named Equinemius St. Brown, he's open. He's open on the crossing route. All you got to do is hit the top of your hitch, let it rip, hit him in stride. You're golden. So the the big thing for him is going to be trusting that and maybe the fact that it's DJ Moore does help that. But, you know, there's there's a second layer to that. Like, you'll trust it more because DJ Moore will be open more often. So that's kind of how it goes hand in hand with with trusting the whole structure of the offense much more. Um, but for me, I think the big thing I look at is that time to throw where Justin Fields was uh, by far the, the longest time to throw, um, which is counterintuitive when you think, OK, they had old line issues. Why, how is he holding the, the ball longer? Well, obviously, he's running around making plays happen. And some of that's good, but some of that is bad, as I've talked about. But one thing that. This is the exact criticism I had of Jalen Hurts. I was in a similar situation in this deep dive series coming into last season. Uh, Very similar conversation, honestly. And my thing was, he's got to get that time to throw down. He was uh, had the largest time to throw in the NFL in his second season and was still um, up there in his uh, third year last year, um, but cut the time down by like, uh, I want to say almost a quarter of the second. And we saw the difference so much more consistently of him trusting the offense, getting the ball out, knowing when the rhythm was there and hitting it when it was, and then scrambling when it's not there. So it is totally just finding that balance, getting comp- um, confident, trusting the system, and then knowing when he does need to use his feet. It's a, it's a tough balance to find. Yeah, Marcus, yeah. I feel like I agree with you completely. I feel like last year, like my analogy is like Fields just got through a bad breakup with an ex and just had such a sour taste that when that perfect person came into your life, you're still kind of like, eh, I've been traumatized too much. You know what I mean? And so because of it, you're almost like your own detriment and your downfall when it's like, Hey, this is, this person's doing nice things. Just say, thank you. You know what I mean? Like there's that easy drop off on third down. Just it's right there. It's fine. They're going to trust, you know, they're going to catch it and get the first down. And so I'm hoping, you know, someone like DJ Moore or something like that, or even a year in the system, it's kind of like, Oh, you know, you're not worried about those traumas anymore of that, that bitter X. So. Yeah, I, I hopefully, will say, hopefully we see some of that transition. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will say the, the main concern for me is that these were issues for him at Ohio State. So you can go back to where he had the best surrounding situation and he was still holding on the ball too long. Those were the criticisms of, of him coming out. And uh, I'm not going to lie and, and say it's not concerning that it's still here in, you know, year three. But there's examples of guys that, you know, like we said, can't improve it. And then one thing I think you're very um, when you're going over fields, you're very genuine. You, you talked about, you know, I think you said where you're like, you just sucked as a passer last year, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this is the truth. But um, at the same time, you were very um, you, you believe in him. You know, there is a, that top 10 potential. But you also think that there is he, he I think you called him the most overhyped player heading into 2023. So. Again, I agree with that. I think Bears fans are very excited, and rightfully so, just because we haven't really had a prospect like Fields in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so where do you think he falls? You know, at the end of next season, I know it's hard to project, but where do you think he really ends up truly with the new weapons and the you know second year in the system? Where do you think, like, quarterback-wise? Is he middle of the pack, or what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's – I mean, it's so tough, man. It really is. Yeah. Uh, it's it. I kind of have about a, a coin flip mentality about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um I am I am worried about uh, the stuff that that we've talked about. I really am. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
you know, I, it's we were talking one. about this before we sat down. Uh, uh, you know, I was raised a Packers fan. So the Packers fan in me <laughs> wants, wants to say he's going to suck. But, you know, the analyst in me says, okay, but like, you know, I got burned by Jalen Hurts last year saying the same stuff, right? So, yeah. Um, and then another, you know, the other analyst side of me says that maybe it'll just fall somewhere in the middle and he'll be like the 18th best quarterback. He does show some improvements, but some of those flaws are still there and hold him back a little bit. Maybe that is uh, the most likely outcome, but it's, man, the spectrum couldn't be any wider for him. It really couldn't. So I know that's, that- uh, I know that's dodging the question, but uh, hey, no, that's I, fair. I, just to put some context, I feel like you said something that actually gives me a little bit more hope. And that is something that's sometimes hard to be taught. And that's kind of like the work, the work ethic and leadership. Right. And I think mm-hmm. you mentioned him in the same light of, you know, Jalen Hurts, uh, 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 Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. So do you think that maybe makes the coin a little bit more once like maybe it's 51 49 just in the fact of like what he can control is just like that worth ethic so does that does that help sway you a little bit in any type of way like how much i guess i'm asking is like how much weight is that how important sure. or impactful yeah. is that yeah two two to five percent if i think i think, I like, think we'll it matters it. yeah i think okay. it matters um the the similarities with those three quarterbacks we keep bringing up it's it's ridiculous how how many parallels you can draw and all three of those guys Allen, hurts lamar praised just ridiculously high for their their work ethic and leadership and drive to be great and that matters like you know you go home and you're still watching film or you're there early the the one thing with fields that i I also said in the video that's crazy is i'm convinced he got faster in the nfl (laughs) yeah he had to he 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 ran at ohio state like there was no denying like he was athletic but you can't put together in his in his two years starting at Ohio State. You can't put together a highlight reel of him running as good as what he was doing in one year against NFL defenses. Like so, to me, that screams like, you know, he's putting in his time in the weight room, and there's there's obviously no denying the the physical tools that he has. But I think that speaks to his just mental drive. Be great. So hopefully, it translates yeah. to the to the mental side a little bit more. Yeah, it, it is crazy because it's like it's faster competition. You know, you're you're going up a tier, and it, and he's outrunning you know elite corners. Yeah. So it's it, it shocked me. Uh, it's very like row. It's a different type of. Uh, I think he, I think we had Theo Ash on. He called him Rogue Fields because like he's just completely different than he was at Ohio State. Um, mm-hmm. So before we go over to the wide receivers and touch on them real quick, um, Jordan Love, your Packers fan. I want to get your raw thoughts because Bears fans like I don't know what to think of him, and I think that's fair because we haven't seen too much. But I'm not doubting him either because I don't want to get burned. We've seen it too many times. So what do you, what are your honest, quick thoughts on Jordan Love heading into um, this very, very important season for him? Yeah, so I was a I was a big Jordan Love guy coming out before he was ever a member of the Green Bay Packers. So um, I'm obviously – I would be optimistic if he was in Green Bay or anywhere if he had three years to sit and learn and, um, you know – work on a lot of issues that he did have, which was, you know, some of the accuracy stuff. I think you look at his, his mechanics and the way he was thrown in that Eagles game. It just, the ball just looked a lot more sharp and deliberate, very small sample size, right? Like 20 dropbacks, I think maybe even less than that. That might've been his whole season was 20 dropbacks when you count him coming in and blowouts and stuff. Um, so he's another guy that is, his spectrum's very wide. If you, look at like my, my grading scale. Cause I do a lot of draft analysis. Um, there's the, the boomer bust range is 6.50 to 6.59 as the final grade. 
And I actually did have a slightly higher grade on love at six, five, six than I did on fields at six, five, three, I think. So like super tight, but you know, different, different quarterbacks. He's not as mobile as, as fields um, is, but I think he is a little bit better at surveying the field and getting through his progressions than fields was coming out of Ohio state. Um, But yeah, man, I'm, I'm very cautiously optimistic. I like the variety of weapons that they've now put around him a lot more athleticism than, Green Bay is used to at that position. Um, yeah, at that position with, you know, they've had Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and, you know, teams have been able to just man these guys up and body them down the field. Like say what you want about a lack of production and all that, but like they got, they got some speed now with Watson and Reed and Dobbs and Musgrave. And like, it's just going to be a much faster, younger, uh, I don't want to say exciting passing game, but definitely more explosive. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, the, the growth it's just been hard to hard to find it right because it's it's only been preseason really has been his only starts but uh it's it is it, it man week one is going to be so fun with this kind of starting excited. a new rivalry and um the fact that you know to, in my eyes they were pretty similar levels of prospects obviously the legacy and it's it's going to be so fun i hope Do you think work in, out and we can have in, 10 years of fun back and forth Oh, yeah, me too. competitive. I hope so we're ready for it. <laughs> Do you think, in the same light, that this is kind of, I want to say make or breaks? You guys did, you do have another year of them under contract, but like kind of in the same light of feels where it's like, you're going to know this year. Or do you feel like, well, this is his first year starting? So maybe, Good question. you know, he needs to, yeah, you know, I, know I would say it's more of a two year look. Um, mm. Just because, you know, I just think he's one year behind the curve a little bit because uh, fields did have the full year last year as a starter. Um, and I mean, unless the Packers are sitting there looking at a top three or four pick, I mean, I <laughs> guess it's possible, but I do look at their defense and run game. Uh, I don't think it's probable that they're going to be, you know, looking yeah. at whereas if fields isn't good, you know, I really do think the bears will be quite bad. And I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's how I feel about it. Um, yeah, I, I look at that contract, and it's we're going to get a two-year look at you. Uh, if he is a complete drain, train wreck, it does give them the freedom to move off of him. Was mm-hmm. kind of the way they they did that extension instead of just giving them the fully guaranteed um, fifth-year option. Basically, they put more cash in Jordan Love's pocket now, while giving them more freedom to potentially move off of him next year if they want. So, if they do have a top-two pick and they really like a quarterback, like it's it's not completely out of the realm of possibilities but i do think it's going to be a two year look you have all these young playmakers too it's not like yep. you know we know what darnell mooney is when he has someone to throw him the ball we know what dj moore is you can't say with quite as much certainty like okay we did everything we could to give jordan love the right weapons right so mm-hmm. i i see it as much more of a two year two year track I uh I love Watson. I wanted him in a Bears uniform. I think he's special. I think he's going to be a a very big problem, you know, for the next few years at least. But speaking of wide receivers, we have uh, Darnell Mooney. You compared him to Brandon Cooks, which I really really loved. I was like, oh, I, I like that. that. You know, um, he's coming off injury. You know, we'll see what he is this year. But one thing I really was, you know, that you, you recognize Claypool. That one, he does have the talent. You talked about his first year in the league. He does have some issues, of course. Talked about, I think, Calvin Johnson, that graphic and everything. Uh, but like I said, the Bears gave up a lot. So 
what is your thoughts on Claypool? Do you think that he's going to be able to bounce back to what he was year one? And how do you think the uh, wide receiver depth chart, I know it goes more, but is it Mooney two? Or do you think Claypool could actually be number two? And then Mooney, obviously he'll be in the slot at maybe a three, but where do you, where do you think that kind of lines up? Yeah, I I'd see Mooney as the two. I do. Um, and I'm, I'm very familiar with this offense too, because I saw Luke Getzey run it for years. So what I'm, picturing for Claypool honestly is is a best case for the Bears and for himself um mm-hmm. is so these Shanahan systems have a very specific role with these big bodied receivers we saw with Alan Lazard in Green Bay there's Nick Westbrook Akine in Tennessee you've got uh, the Rams do this with Cooper Cup um the, the Juwan Jennings in San Francisco you know these are all the same offenses and there's this flex big bodied slot receiver hat slash tight end fit in this role where when you run in those wide zone looks they can down block and kind of wipe the defensive end out of the play and then leak out uh you know into kind of like either the flat or they'll run a corner route off of that it's it's textbook with these offenses and claypool's perfect for that he's 235 pounds he can actually hit a lot of defensive ends and knock them back and, and do a lot of that stuff so i think with the right vision just in the play action game, 11 personnel, that right there, he'll be in the slot a lot of times doing that. And just his skill set, even if you're not running that specific play, that to me with his speed and his his ability as a mismatch problem, he's got a ton of potential in that role. He could be the best, other than Cooper Cup, obviously, but the best of that group of players playing that right. scheme fit around the league. Um when you get to your more traditional drop back passing game, I'm a little less optimistic as far as the route running and the consistency with his hands and all that. But I think EJ Schneider said it best in in uh, our video was like, if he's a three, you're you're totally fine with that. Like, there's not a lot of threes around the league that can do what Chase Claypool does. So I think that's a a realistic expectation for it. I don't think he's going to go back to rookie year Chase Claypool where he was he was hot. He was lining up outside, stacking corners, mossing dudes on the outside. Yeah, it's in there. It's possible. But I just think with, with – I mean, Mooney and DJ Moore are going to already be doing a lot of that. And I just don't know if the opportunities and execution is going to be there for him to go back to that. But I still think he can work out as an effective third piece for, for the Bears. Enough awesome. to get a contract extension, do you think? Or get a new deal? Yeah. I mean, especially if he's good with the blocking stuff, which everyone that runs the system really values that run blocking. Mm-hmm. That will definitely be something to keep an eye on. I, I know he's been a little bit hit or miss with it, but he can lay dudes out when he's bought into the run game. So I think that is really where it sounds weird, but I think that's where he can earn himself a lot of money. Um, maybe not a massive contract extension, but right. I don't I don't know that there's going to be some huge market for him either. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he, he plays well in that role and gets three years, 24 mil, something like that. Like, I think, I think that's that, a, that would that, be a, a win-win. Yeah, and that's a great point because we talked about Equinemius St. Brown, and he was like one of our best run blockers. Like, And you saw yeah. they valued mm-hmm. that and said, hey, here's another contract. We'll take you back another year. So I do feel like that is going to be very important, especially since he's not going to be like the number one with targets. They're going to be looking yeah. for those little things. So And and uh, St. Brown was occupying that role when Claypool came in. So it was going to yeah. be tough for him to just step in and overtake that role. So if they now look in year two, St. Brown's still on the roster. So, you yeah. know, there's still a little bit of muddiness there, but 
Claypool in theory should be better at that than, than yeah, we hope so. Well, we hope so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another player that I thought was very interesting. We're going to move on to the running backs very, very soon. But Joe Reed, you spoke very highly of him to an extent, but you said he could possibly dethrone Velas and then also Tyler Scott. So obviously, you know, who knows what's going to transpire training camp and everything. But I just want to kind of give your, you know, what do you think of Joe Reed and why, why would you yeah. kind of think he could make that that leap? I, I love it. And this is like your classic like draft crush. Um, that I just, I still want to see succeed. So like I, anytime I see him like buried on a depth chart, I have to like shout him out and be like, just keep an eye. If he makes the team, like he has real talent. So he, he was a horrible system fit in the chargers, uh, offense. That was much, very much like a spread. You want a lot of quick, quick receivers. Reed is kind of like a running back built in a wide receiver's body. Think like a really poor man's Debo Samuel, Mm. but those guys have success in these styles of offenses where it's much more straight line route running, crossing routes. They want to, you know, um, run the jet sweep stuff, put just find ways to get the ball in their hands. It's going to be a much better fit in this offense than what they were hmm. doing for the Chargers. And I definitely liked him coming out more than I liked Velas Jones, both in a similar archetype there as that kind of playmaking, thicker, faster receiver. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Sometimes these guys just don't have it when they get to the next level. Sometimes it's right. just a bad fit. So if he does make the team, I do think he he has a good chance to be a better player than Bayless Jones, who just really struggled last year. Yeah. Um, and then as far as Scott is concerned, I just think he's Scott's skill set is very redundant with with what Darnell Mooney is going to be doing. So as far as usage, it's it's more of like I think if he dethrones um Velas Jones I think he will get more playing time than Tyler okay. yeah I feel awesome. like I feel like uh Tyler Scott was kind of hedging your bets on how Mooney yeah. does this year you know what I mean so yeah 100 one thing I hate seeing though is like calling him like the Darnell Mooney replacement because like I love Mooney we he could definitely be here you know for the next few years oh yeah like, he's a real we don't know exactly what Scott's gonna be and um anyway yeah, it wouldn't I even agree. be the conversation if Mooney didn't have like a abysmal season last year and it wasn't even like abysmal yeah. he just got hurt you know what I mean but the year yeah. before it was still a drop off. literally um yeah but yeah the year before he was literally our only offensive weapon so yeah True. <laughs> um so let's move to the running backs this is where I, I um it was very interesting you had them I think ranked 28th overall if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was including fantasy because you talked about fantasy and I agree with that 100%. It's going to be, you don't know what you're going to get out of that room. Yeah. It's touches wise, but they're 28th overall. You called them a good running back room. Um, but you, you know, there's the Justin Fields multiplier that you talked about, which is, you know, huge. But why, why 28th? Especially because they did have like the number one rushing attack, but you lost Monty. So I just want to kind of hear your, your yeah. perspective here on, on that ranking. I mean, it's, you just look around the league and it's like, everyone's got yeah. backs, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I have no problem with the bears running back room. I think it's very good. I think they can do whatever they need. They're going to get from that back, um, that backfield. But like you've got in free agency right now, you got, I mean, you got Kareem hunt sitting there, Dalvin cook sitting there, Zeke sitting there, <sighs> Damian Harris, who I would say is probably he's proved more than anybody in the bears backfield right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he signed in Buffalo as their like split carried backfield for nothing. So it's just like everybody got backs. It's much more of a reection of the state of the position around the league right now than it is yeah. that I have no anything value. against the Bears running back room, you know? So like um I, I like the players. They're gonna be a handful. Uh just it just kind of shook down that way, you know. 
Yeah. And then you you said you believe Johnson, Roshan Johnson, will kind of take over at some point, whether it be, you know, just to, the Bears are abysmal. They want to see what they have in him. Um, you know, obviously the Bears draft him. You seem pretty high on him. You know, do you expect him – when do you, you expect him to be here early? Or what, what are your thoughts a little bit more on him? And did you like the pick when the Bears took him? Yeah, I, I definitely like the pick. Um, it's it's funny. My my pro comp for him was uh, – uh, oh, who's the other guy? Col- uh, not Coleman. It's it's escaping my head right now. The other oh, Foreman? Uh, running back room. Foreman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. My pro con for Roshan Johnson was Deontay Foreman. Okay. Uh, so it's just like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. They they have a type and they, they want a you know cheaper version of that for a longer <laughs> period of time. Um so if I'm not yeah, mistaken, I, you called him Agent AJ Dillon-esque almost, yeah, right? Yeah, as far as regards to Foreman. Mm-hmm. Yep, getting that, you know, thunder and lightning approach, Herbert being a little bit more of the lightning. Uh, was kind of the comp there for sure. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, he's not he's not as powerful as AJ Dillon, but he's a little bit more smooth. Um, so, I, I mean, I could see him being an AJ Dillon caliber back uh, for the Bears for sure. It, he's a weird prospect because he could have transferred. He could have hit the portal, and you know, I I think I said in the video like if he if he was the one that went to UCLA instead of Zach Charbonnet, like same player. Charbonnet goes in the second round. Um, Roshan ends up sitting behind Bijan, who's the best back we've seen in college football for since Saquon Barkley. And he still was really good on tape. Um, but it's just, man, I mean, it's not that production matters that much at that position, but when there's so many good backs, you're going to fall in the draft when you only had 500 rushing yards. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's super talented. Uh, not like, I feel like that gets thrown around a lot. I mean, he's not Saquon Barkley. He's not Dalvin Cook. I don't know if he's ever going to be a top 10 guy, but he's he's big. Yeah. He's got good athleticism, and he's skilled. Like, he's got good vision. He's smooth in the receiving game. He pass protects because he had to at Texas. Uh, Texas. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 like, I like the future outlook for him for sure. Awesome. And then you had um... – Herbert, you're, you're, are you as high on Herbert as most Bears fans? Like, what are your thoughts on him? Because you did say that I think you said Homer would probably be like the third down back. Um, mm-hmm. give but what are your thoughts on Herbert? Because I think a lot of us are pretty high on him, but he obviously has some glaring weaknesses, especially in the pass protection. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think they signed Homer, uh, like you said earlier, kind of hedging their bets a little bit. Like they they want Herbert to basically learn how to be a third down back. That'd be great because they have these bruisers that they want to give the ball a little bit earlier. Um, yeah. They'll obviously rotate them all around. Um, but that's really where his biggest path to like big production is going to be, is overtaking the third down work. And um, you know, that's the biggest difference between – I compared this group to like A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones a little bit. Aaron Jones became a phenomenal receiving back in pass protection, route running, consistency with his hands. Herbert really hasn't shown any of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. – you know he's going to be an effective runner, especially if they're going outside zone. Like, he's built to run outside zone. He's got speed. He's got good vision. can run through arm tackles. You name it. But it's, you know, on one hand, there's so many good backs around the league. Is he just another guy? Um, and then the other thing is, is he going to get enough looks to, like, become a superstar, so to speak? You know, so, yeah, I think that sums up my thoughts on him. Yeah, and I had a question about, like, the running back, like just in general with the, you know, hope the improvements we saw on the offensive line, like last year, I think first or second, I think we we're second in rushing. So let's just say let's hypothetically fields doesn't have to run for his goddamn life. Right. And he gets mm-hmm. like, you know, just that like 400, 500 yards. Do you still see this 
running back committee being a top 10 running offense? Um, I don't. Um, I think they came out like 16th. And the, the hard thing is when I put together these rankings, I'm, I have like a formula. I'm mm -hmm. grading out the O-line. I grade out the running backs. I do the QB multiplier, uh, how I feel about the coaching factors in. And it gives me kind of a projection of where I see them spitting out this year. I don't necessarily just look at last year's stats and say, okay, they got better. They should improve. Because there's just so many things going around the league, right? Like right. Jonathan Taylor missed all of last year, right? The Titans were a complete train wreck on their offensive line. Like I expect those teams to have better run games this year than the Bears, for example. So I think they came out in the top half for me. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a really effective run game. I don't know, other than when Fields is running, I don't know if it has like a fear factor about it like some of those other run games do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But it, it it's definitely going to, you know, keep keep the offense afloat and, and allow them to do what they want to do for sure. Yeah, and I don't think our detriment's going to be, at the end of this season, we're not going to be like, well, it's because the run game wasn't effective right. enough. Right. I think it's the other one. Like it's the passing that we're more concerned about. So Right. Yeah. Um, now – Let's move to the offensive line. Uh, obviously, I think it's a lot better of a unit than last year. Um, one thing I want to talk about is Darnell Wright. Um, you touched on him during the video. You actually were more optimistic on Braxton Jones than you were Darnell Wright, is what you said, which I was like, oh, that's, that's, we don't hear that a lot because I think a lot of people um, that we talk to, especially in the Bears around the media, they're very excited about Darnell Wright, very high on mm -hmm. him. You said, you know, that it was almost a little high for you, a little rich um, at 10. So, first of all, can you just go ahead and give us your breakdown of Darnell Wright? You know, do you do you think it? Where would you think he would should have gone? And then do you think he's a good fit for the Bears? You know, I know you liked uh, Paris Johnson more, uh, but just a little mm -hmm. bit of breakdown on Darnell Wright. Yeah, absolutely. So I did like Darnell Wright, like as a first round guy. Mm -hmm. This class was also a little weird because once you got to like, you know, the tenth pick, which is where they ended up, like ten through twenty, it was a a bunch of guys that traditionally would be more in the twenties range in a lot of draft. Like, I think there was a little bit more depth as far as like guys you're comfortable with in the first down, uh, first round, but there weren't a lot of guys where you're like, Oh yeah, he's there at 11. Like, yes, this guy's going to be an absolute superstar. So once you put it in the context of some of the other draft classes, it does make a little bit more sense how he ended up at 10. Um, Sorry, I got this fly trying to get in my mouth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think in the context of this draft class it was some crazy reach or anything, but I, I did see a lot of reactions from Bears fans. I know Ryan Poles kind of fired everybody up, and he was like, yeah, he was our OT1 all the way. I'm like, maybe he was. Maybe you're just saying that. You never really know unless that board gets leaked. Personally, yeah. I think that's a little crazy. I think Paris was an amazing prospect. He, you know, Paris reminded me of, like, Andrew Thomas coming out of Georgia, who I mm -hmm. loved um smooth length i mean not that um darnell wright doesn't have length but just the overall upside of a guy like paris and and the yeah just the athletic ability yeah. was on a different plane but anyway back to darnell wright um mauling highlight reps on as a run blocker that gets you excited you know he can delete guys uh, crashing downhill hill as a power blocker inside zone he can push guys off the ball but i actually had a lot of concerns from him as a run blocker was really the biggest knocks I had on him as far as the consistency goes. Uh, at the end of the day, you got to land your hands on guys, continue to run your feet, sustain blocks. And it felt to me like he was really trying to delete guys every single play. And 
for every down for every great highlight block, there was like two where he's letting guys slip off of him. He's losing his balance. He's not sustaining blocks. And especially for a team that in their heart of hearts wants to run a lot of wide zone blocking, um, you know, that's going to be something to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, and he didn't run a lot of wide zone at Tennessee either. That was the other thing that I just kind of had some slight dings on was their offense was so weird at Tennessee. It, they had like a 15 play playbook with the, the spread double stack on the outside. And um, yeah, I mean, as a pass protector, I think he's going to be really good. He's got yeah. quick enough feet. His anchor's incredible. He did have great per- performances against some of the best pass rushers in this class. As with any rookie, there's probably going to be some hiccups. I thought, of you know, Evan Neal, I thought he was going to be great last year. He had his, he had his struggles. I think um, uh, Charles Cross, who the Seahawks took, was an even better pass-protecting prospect than Darnell Wright was. Good rookie year, but, you know, he didn't sniff the top 15 among left tackles or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he's going to have to grow as all rookie players do. Um, but I think the biggest thing to watch is going to be, does he kind of change that mentality as a run blocker to be more consistent instead of just trying to delete guys out of the play every, every down, because it's going to get even harder to do that at the NFL level. Yeah. And I might be just biased being a bears fan, but I think if there's one area, just because of like what we've seen the past two years with fields, like just getting demolished. I mean, he gets folded like a lawn chair, like in the backfield. Right. So I guess it's at least positive that it's, pass blocking is better than run blocking so if you know someone does get smashed it's khalil herbert instead of your franchise you know hopefully your franchise quarterback so but of course like you said it's a rookie so there's bound to be mistakes are going to happen yeah like i don't think it's and and bears fans won't like to hear this but i don't think it's a guarantee that he's actually better this year than what riley reef was last year i think Mm -hmm. it's like, like there's a good chance he is for sure but i think there's maybe a 40 percent chance it's the same or worse than what because you know riley reef was he missed some time right yeah. he only played like 10 games or something yeah he yeah yep. he yeah didn't play all the way larry boron yeah, was so. the drop down which yeah yeah so, you said he might you said boron might be better than right too off the jump um which i thought yeah potentially if if boron yeah. takes another step um, yeah yeah i like i like larry boron a little bit uh, yeah. But Wright's a better prospect for sure and should be starting. I'm not trying to like, um, you know, swear, yeah. you know, stand by Larry Borum over Darnell Wright or anything. But uh, yeah, I did say keep an I, eye on Borum. Yeah. And the, the I, I agree with you with Paris Johnson. I think, I think a lot of it, I really wanted him. I thought for yeah. sure he was going to be there. And then when Arizona kind of traded up, I was like, okay, there it is. Yeah. You know, so kind of convinced myself that Wright was the guy too, because you like hearing what you know our front office said about him. And then, like I said, I don't think it's a terrible pick. I think it's a, a, a good pick. I mean, hopefully it works out. Um, we'll go ahead and touch on uh, the defensive line. Uh, there's not much to go over. You kind of alluded that in the video. The Bears, mm, this is yeah. where they need to <laughs> – it's a lot of work, you know. And so here, the one thing that I want to talk about is Dexter. You, you talked about him yeah. in your video. You were very high on him. I think you said the only weakness is kind of his his uh, his slow get off, which is again his college. You know, I think the coach. You know, they said they're you know kind of read and react. Um, what what are your you know what are your thoughts? What do you what do you project him to be for the Bears now that he can just go? Um, yeah, it it was one of the weirdest evals with with Gervin <laughs> Dexter. Um, like, it, it, he played. And I know you can talk it away with the coaching and the scheme and all the stuff people have said, but he played like nobody ever told him 
go when the ball is snapped go <laughs> like i i hear what people are saying about the re reacting but how come i've never seen that before you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. it's just like i don't get it but the thing is he's athletic there's no reason he he shouldn't be able to get off the snap so i definitely am optimistic that with nfl coaching they can tap into him especially with matt eberflus who i have a lot of confidence in kind of recognizing that and being like yeah we can work with that because Physically speaking, this dude is looks like Chris Jones. You just watched him in a Florida, Florida uniform before the snap, and you're like, why is Chris Jones playing for the Florida Gators? So, and and he has wins where you're like, yeah, okay, there's there's power. There's like, I can't even say there's get off because there wasn't, but even when he's like slow off the ball, you can see the explosiveness, the ability to take over guys. Uh, and like he even had like, you know, some push and pull moves, and he has the bull rush. Like there's there's rush moves in there and he was a team captain. So it's not like he's just sitting around wasting his potential. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's, it's all about teaching him to fly off the ball and, and untap that athletic ability. Yeah. And I think that's a great point because we kind of saw that consistently through the draft now, and even last year's draft with polls. So I have kind of a question about like philosophy. They always talk about like, it's about the flashes, right? They like to see when there's flashes, they believe that the coaching staff can then, replicate like more of those flashes right so you've mm -hmm. seen it kind of you know they're looking at rs ras scores right a lot of high ones athletic yeah. freaks and they're really kind of banking on like we can coach them you know what i mean so what's your thought on that philosophy and have you noticed like is that a common thing with a lot of teams or is that more of like an outlier take right a lot of people like focus on hey we just look at the tape and if the tape is good right we're, we're gonna we're gonna take the safer route i guess i should say what's your thoughts yeah i it's definitely definitely pretty common around the league, I would say. Um, there might be a few teams that do things a little bit differently, like Patriots come to mind a little bit. Um, but yeah, for the most part, teams, I think, have a lot of confidence in their staff, and they're, especially in the first uh, two days of the draft. Uh, you know, you want upside, you want high-end starters, and more often than not, you need those traits to get to that level because everybody's good in the NFL. Day three, it just kind of is all over the place. You're definitely going to have your, your dart throws on your Dominique Robinsons. Uh, you're going to have, you know, taking guys like Noah Sewell, where it's like, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of upside there, but we know what he is. Like, he can be, he can fill in the role that, you know, we get a cheap backup linebacker. Like, day three of the draft is just kind of filling out the roster with some projects, some special teamers, some backups. Um, so, I, I think for the most part, most NFL front offices think like-minded with some definite exceptions gotcha gotcha awesome so i want to we're going to move over to the linebackers we'll touch on this one very briefly because i really want to talk about the secondary i found your video very interesting talking about kyler um johnson and then obviously our rookie tyreek stevenson mm -hmm. but our linebackers uh i think it's one of our strongest groups on that defense um i'm very excited um, you, I think you had them ranked uh, linebacker coverage. You had 11th linebacker run defense with six. So I think those are very, very good scores, um, especially just it's a new unit, bringing in two new faces and TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds. But I want to ask yeah. you about Edmonds. Um, Roquan and, and Edmonds are going to be compared probably over the next few years just because of, you know, the Bears, you know, obviously gave up Roquan, let him walk, traded him, and then ended up signing Edmonds. So who would you rather? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who would you rather have? Okay. As as a, I would as a franchise linebacker, yeah, I, I would I would rather have Roquan, um, yeah. at least based on what he's shown to this point. Um, Edmonds is interesting because he's 
basically like the physical comp for him talk about like athletic upside and stuff. The physical comp for him coming out was Brian Urlacher, six foot five, 250 right. pounds, runs like a deer, can flip his hips. <laughs> so like, that's obviously like the upside for him is, and that the fun thing about him is he's still getting better every year. And linebacker yeah. is such a hard position. It's unbelievably difficult in the modern NFL. I don't think people talk enough about like, I kind of had this take now for like a year and this sounds crazy, but with, with the way that. Oh, we lost him. It must've been that hot of a take that we lost him. He, he'll, he'll go back. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll go ahead and oh, give him a second. Here. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Oh, Such a go. hot take. Have, the uh... internet had to shut down. No, <laughs> yeah. That, I was, was ready for internet? it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. We just want to build the suspense. That's it. It was all. Part yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what were, what were you saying, Marcus? Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, with the way modern offenses are helping quarterbacks, I think linebacker might be the hardest position in all of NFL to at least yeah. step in and know how to play right away. And we've seen, like, it's like a three- or four-year development curve for a lot of these linebackers because you got play action sucking them in more than ever. You have the RPOs, which are – it's a, it's a you know, play call that's systematically designed to just look at the linebacker. Wherever he goes, you're going to make him wrong. So – you have to you have to find a balance there while also defending the run in a league where everybody's running nickel. So you have you have one more gap that you're responsible for, one less defensive lineman up front uh, to open up the run game. It's and you have more like um, super athletic uh, slots coming into the league where you have to match up with. It. It's just insane how hard it is to consistently play the linebacker position. There's like probably one guy in the league is like doing it consistently well down and down. That's Fred Warner. Yeah, 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 maybe Levante say, David. Yeah. I was yeah. gonna say you can tell just from at least when I remember back in like you know 2010 or before there was like a list of like a much bigger list. You're like, oh no, these are like good linebackers. You look nowadays where it's like that person's cons consistently showing up. It seems like every year the list is smaller and smaller. You know what yeah. I mean? So Absolutely. it is much more. I agree with you. It's much more difficult. Or at least you're not seeing those you know, as many superstars because of how difficult it's becoming mm -hmm. compared to like yep. the wide receiver list, which just seems like that thing just grows and grows each year. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, interesting. I, I didn't, I thought you were going to go Edmonds, honestly, but I think maybe just because Edmonds hasn't proven it yet. He, I think the potential is there for him to be very, very, very good and maybe better Roquan at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. Oh, I do have well, a question. Oh, I, I, yeah, will I was going to say, say Roquan, no. Yeah, go ahead. Roquan, when he showed up in Baltimore last year was – was really fun yeah. well that's so, my question too because they, too. they say the scheme was such a big because roquan four uh fangio three four like we all love roquan there's never complaints really about roquan oh, yeah. like three four he thrives so then when four three comes in with flus he doesn't perform as well and then he goes right back to a three four in the ravens and you see him thrive so is yeah. there something to do with that with the scheme like would would uh edmonds be a better fit not saying he's necessarily better but maybe he will thrive more in that type of role compared to what we saw with Roquan. Yeah. Honestly, I don't, I don't necessarily buy into that narrative. I, I mean, I've heard it a million times. I mean, for the most part, linebackers are kind of asked to do the same thing around the league. Sure. Some guys are blitzed more and uh, some guys have to run man to man more, but especially, you know, Baltimore was pretty similar as far as their coverages and blitz rate to what Chicago was doing last year. So I, I don't know if I necessarily buy that. I think it was just a matter of things being opened up more with, hmm. um, you know, much better defensive line in Baltimore. They also had um, 
you know, they allowed Patrick Queen in Baltimore next to him to just, you know, they said, you be the, you be the psycho. You just go find the ball, run and chase. And Roquan was able to be much more like focused on what he needed to do to take command. Whereas I think in Chicago, he felt like he had to be the playmaker back there and t- take oh, a lot more to. risk. So like, yep. I think the consistency was just much more there. Um, so I think it's much more about, and you had Kyle Hamilton making plays in that same part of the field for Baltimore too. So it, it's just, I think I think it was just a different uh, a mentality shift and um, but he definitely he was asked to do a little bit more. Pieces. But he had better pieces around him for sure too. Because mm-hmm. like you've said and we've said and everyone said, you know, the D line was dog shit last year, kind of still <laughs> the same. And then like the linebacking core was also bad. So you know, it really I'm, was uh, Roquan back there by himself trying to you know, figure out the front seven, which is a lot to I'm, ask. I'm happy. I'm happy as a Packers fan that. Um, <laughs> We didn't have to witness what Roquan, what year four Roquan would have looked like with that 2018 Bears defense oh, or whatever year that was. Oh my God. We still would have lost because we don't have a field goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It would have been, that would have been rough. That would have been rough. Uh, oh, man. 2018. Good season. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's anyways, trauma no. for us, but that's a whole other um, podcast. So we'll, we'll, we'll end it here. Um, with the secondary, uh, this was a fun. I, I really think it could be really, really good. Um, obviously, you have to count on some of these guys taking that next step. You know, Brisker, Gordon. You still have Eddie Jackson, who's the vet back there. But one guy mm-hmm. that you were very, very high on. You said you love Tyreek Stevenson. Um, you know, is uh, he, obviously Gordon will be in the um, slot. But what do you th- what do you think? I think you said the pat. You were hoping the Packers would you know would get him, or you just thought it was a really good fit for just the Bears having Jalen kind of be you know on the other side, and then allows Gordon to be in that slot. So why are you so yeah. high on Stevenson? He's just like, he's, he's the whole package. He's got the size. He's got the yep. length. He ran press man coverage at a very good level at Miami. Uh, I got to see him in person down at the senior bowl. Like definitely looked like the best corner in a pretty solid group of corners. It wasn't like superstars down there, but you could just tell like he takes his technique very seriously, really good with his hands, quick feet, gets his head around when the ball's in the air. Like, there's just so much to like there. Um, good athletic traits, like, dare I say, very good. Like, certainly good enough to be a plus starter in the NFL. Like, physically looks and, and moves like like Stephon Gilmore a little bit. So, there's a long way to go before he's Stephon Gilmore, obviously. Right. Um, like, that's those are just the traits that you're looking for. And the only thing with him is wasn't asked to – he wasn't asked to run a lot of zone at Miami. So when they did, you actually saw some coverage bust from him. Um, kind of like when they would run cover three, he would, you know, jump the gun down underneath and you have like a post or a crosser, like come open over, over the top, which would be his responsibility to make sure he's not vacating that part of the field. So like there's going to be some coaching points and, you know, go back to our conversation earlier about find the traits and coach it up, especially with cornerback. Usually it's like, take the guy that has the good technique, the athletic ability, the man-to-man instincts. We'll teach him the zone rules better than, you know, college was able to teach him. So that's that's just going to have to be and, – and Eberflus wants to run a lot of zones. So, like, it's – you know, could be some learning curves there. But as long as – as long as his head's, you know, in the right place and he, he takes to that coaching, like, he could be even better than, like, Jalen Johnson there. Yeah, speaking of Jalen Johnson, I mean he's going into this year. He's gonna he wants to be paid. Um, as a Packers mm-hmm. fan, as an analyst, kind of would you extend Jalen Johnson? Like, what are yeah. your thoughts? Is he a top? You would? Yeah, I'd pay him. I don't think he's yeah. a superstar, but um, 
Yeah, I'm not letting I'm any any good talent I have in Chicago, I'm not letting out of the door. It's not yeah, like cap absolutely. space is going to be some big issue for them. So awesome. I'd bring them back. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I, I can't believe I almost forgot this, but the tight end room, we'll, let's touch on it briefly. Uh, you know, yep. Tunyon, you know, Komet. Um, first of all, what are your thoughts on Komet? He's also kind of going into to that. Uh, he needs an extension. He's, he wants to get mm-hmm. paid. I think it's going to happen. But what are your thoughts on the Bears tight end room? You're familiar with Tunyon, like, like I said, but and also Komet. Yeah, I think, you know, just going back to like the Packers scheme and the 12 person, like the the Shanahan style, 12 personnel, it made so much sense that they brought Tunning in because he's going to be on the wing, you know, so 12 personnel is, is two tight ends on the field mm-hmm. and you're going to put Komet's much more of your bigger bodied inline blocker. He's made progress every year as a blocker. You can only expect he's going to only get better there. Um and then you have kind of this wing player that maybe can't put his hand in the dirt and block a defensive end, but you can get him in space off of play action, have him run crossing routes, sneak out the backside, run away from linebackers, and enough you know physicality and, and movement uh, to kind of be a lead blocker if you want to run toss or um, stretch runs where they're kind of you know, putting a hand on the defensive end, climbing up to a linebacker or a safety. Like that's, that's what Tunyon's going to do. So it just makes sense for like when they want to get into their, the base of their offense, 12 personnel, the Shanahan stuff, they're going to both be out there doing their thing. Uh, when they want to go to like, you know, typical drop back passing game, that's where I think it might just be a little bit of a rotation, depending on how they're feeling that week, what kind of routes they want to ask him to run. Tunyon can stretch the seam a little bit better. Uh, commits much better taking drop-offs and fighting for tough yardage after the catch staying inside as a pass blocker so uh it's it's is it's a very complimentary group for sure awesome awesome think you want to add I have to one, it? yeah no i have one <laughs> last kind of question just overall view right uh when it comes to the bears who do you expect to be your biggest breakout and that means in like we go off your grades, right? Who's going to go, who's going to have that biggest jump where Madden's got to upgrade, you know, their the roster, sure. you know? <laughs> um, I'm going to bring it back and, and fields would be the obvious pick here, but I'm, I'll stay away from that. Um, not that I don't think he will. I'm just saying, I'll stay away from <laughs> right, that right, that's conversation's fair. sake. I like, yeah, it. I should I'm have mentioned, take... I was actually thinking outside yeah. of fields. Cause I feel like yeah, that's outside of field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to a guy you mentioned earlier, Braxton Jones, the left tackle. Okay. I'd love I Good. was stunned. I, you guys, I was stunned. So I, when I do this series, I review three games of all 22 and, uh, I knew he had a good year, you know, what fifth round pick Southern mm-hmm. Utah. I did one yeah. game of him at Gen. Southern Utah. I was like, yeah, man, he moves well, you know, whatever. He's probably gonna be a day three <laughs> pick. Just kind of lumped in with this group of guys, but like, man, he was good. He was really good for the bears last year. And the, the upside is there with him. Like, and and the run blocking was good too. Like he had that kind of dickhead mentality, gets on the move, wants to bury guys. <laughs> the 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 technique's only gonna get better. So, like you mentioned earlier, I it's not that I'm pessimistic about Darnell Wright, but I really think Braxton Jones is like gonna lock out of this as like a diamond in the rough, like star left tackle. And I think their their process for the draft kind of tells you that they feel that way too. Cause they didn't go with a left tackle in the draft. Mm-hmm. They could have gone with Braxton Jones or Peter Skronsky, but they wanted very, they were very clear. Like we wanted a right tackle because right. they loved what they had in Braxton Jones. So I'm going to go with him. There's a lot of good left tackles in the NFL, but I'm just, I'm basically going to project him to emerge into that like franchise left tackle 
star oh, left tackle. Please, don't get me excited. Which would be amazing. I love oh, that. That's a great yeah, pick. Please. How much do you factor in polls? Like he has an eye for the offensive, offensive line, of course. You know, do you give him his props there? You think that's huge? Oh, yeah. Because of his find. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's awesome. probably the. I mean, getting DJ Moore was big too, but oh, I think finding finding us even if, even if he doesn't take that next step, even even if he's just what he was as a rookie, which is pretty unlikely that he doesn't grow at all. Um, finding that in the fifth round is very impressive, especially when you're looking at Southern Utah, right? So, yeah. Couldn't that's even tell awesome. you where that's at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do have one more though. This is more overall yeah. just for all your breakdowns. Let's, t- let's go off of last year. Who was, what was your biggest hit? Like you, uh, you projected this. I got that pretty spot on and, n- and nothing obvious like Mahomes or something like, Oh, the chiefs yeah. are going to be good. We kind of expect that. Right. And what was your biggest miss? Well, my biggest miss um, to come to mind, you know, I, I had a similar, I, I kind of talked about it earlier. I had a similar outlook on Jalen hurts last year. It was like, well, there's a lot of issues last year. I don't think he's going to be massively better. And that blew up in my face by like week five. Like he was an MVP <laughs> candidate. He was amazing. Um, I was like, you know, at least I said, if he's good, the Eagles are Super Bowl contender. So at least I had that in there, but um, <laughs> I, I didn't see it coming. I really didn't. So I think that, and I also awesome. was really harsh on the Doug Peterson hiring. Um, okay. I had him ranked. Could have been worse than the coach before, though. <laughs> no, I did say it was an upgrade, which wasn't hard, hard to project that. But, um, I just, yeah. So I, I, I was too low on the Jags because I didn't think Doug Peterson was going to step in and, and fix things the way he did. Uh, and his They're going to be good this year. Amazing. Yeah, his oh, play yeah. calling was amazing down there. So I was really impressed by him. Uh, as far as where I was right, there's a lot of little like subtle stuff, like little players. I was like, keep an eye on him. Um, I'm trying to think. Anything you would flex, like if, you know, came in conversation, he was like, yeah, I, that's my diamond <laughs> in the rough. Did you have anything like that? Um, okay, I got one. Uh, Dark Forest <laughs> was a safety oh. for, the, for the Washington Commanders. It was a fifth round oh. pick. I loved him. And I was like, the second he gets on the field, he's going to be a playmaker for them. And he he broke out last year. He was like, you know, emerged as as one of their best secondary players last year, and going to probably get a. He's going to be one of those guys that the contract comes in, and you're like, who got what? They paid Derek Forrest thirty three million dollars. Like that was That's that was awesome one name. guy. Yeah, I'm sure that you know, there's probably a lot of guys that um, the people watching the series would be like, oh, you brought him up. You said keep an eye on him, and he, he ended up the starter. Like, it's just it's kind of hard. When there's 2,500 players. No, I was play. about to say, you go one through of those guys, everyone. But, so, yeah. yeah, I just wonder if there's one that really stood out. But that's, I mean, look, that's why that's a, you guys have to watch his stuff. It is beautiful breakdowns. You learn. Like, I've been watching the Bears for years. I feel like I know stuff, right? But you really get into the weeds and it is detailed. And I feel like I'm going to be better talking about the Bears because I have a way better understanding of them. So, so yeah. we really appreciate your work that you do. It's incredible. That's the, the biggest compliment I could get. So thank you guys. Yeah. I'm very, I, like I said, I think I'm very excited just to watch. You're, are these going to be finished by like the season? I, I believe, right. Obviously like the ranking. Here's open. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, my suggestion open. is, is for, cause I've already watched the, your previous videos. I'm trying to watch every single one just before the season. So I get a real, like I said, new, I feel like it's just so detailed for every team. I'm just going to be, have a way better, you know, fantasy one, you know, but just know exactly what's going on in the league, the bears matchups and everything. So highly suggest oh, yeah. you guys look at his content, go over there. Now, where can we find you, Marcus? So it's that franchise you guy on YouTube. Okay. Yep. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TFG underscore football. Uh, and you can check out my podcast as well is the fully inflated football podcast, which is a Tom Brady jab. If you were wondering. Oh yeah. Um, I love that. <laughs> I love the Tom Brady jabs. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> awesome. And, uh, man, we appreciate you hopping on. We'll have to have you on again, maybe middle of the season. And we're looking forward to week one. But thank you so much for hopping on, man. Yeah, thank hey, this you. This was a really blast, you guys. It. Thank you for having me. Right, what a great interview. Right? Fantastic. Like, fucking fantastic. Please, please, oh. please go watch his video. It's like it's like Madden in real life. Like, the roster breakdown, understanding the coaches and the scoring and all that. And then the knowledge that he shared on that as well, like understanding how the type of offense yep. we run, all these little things. It just, I feel like, I just feel like I know so much more about this team. So please go Absolutely. check out this video. Again, we're going to have his, his link, his socials all in the description. Uh, if you guys like this video, make sure to like, sub subscribe. It really does help the channel grow. Yes, we do does, appreciate please. it. Uh, and we'll be back next week around the same time. Absolutely. Peace. <laughs>